Hello, St. Lukers, and welcome to Your Week with St. Luke's. This is our special Christmas episode, um, and we just wanted to have some fun this week. Um, and so I'm here, um, Pastor Melissa, I'm here with our other two pastors, Pastor Jen and Pastor Jad, um, and we are just going to have some Christmas fun. You may know that all of us really love Christmas, um, Pastor Jen particularly, uh, but all of us really, truly do. And so um, you can play along with us if you would like. We are going to do some Christmas trivia, um, and so we've all pulled some different trivia questions to challenge each other with. So this is just going to be a fun Christmas conversation. All right. Not competitive at all in any way, shape, or form. No. We're not going to keep score. There's, there's no bragging rights. You can keep score, you listeners. <laughs> I'm That's, dyslexic. I can't. Yeah, count. maybe maybe whoever keeps score and figures out who wins can uh, get a special Christmas treat. I don't know what that would be. I'm making promises. Um, all right, who's going to go first? I'll start with one that I know all of us will uh, enjoy. Um, uh, how long ago did the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree start? Oh, that was from last year. Uh, oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. It was like uh, the 40s, wasn't it? can't remember. Oh, I have no idea. And that reviles math. I got to see it for the first time actually months. at Christmas last year, and it was delightful. So I have no idea. I think it was the 40s. I, yeah, think, it was like I think Dad's right. A little earlier, 1931. It dates back to 1931 when workers at the center pooled their money to buy a 20-foot balsam fir they decorated with garlands handmade by their families. Oh, that the comes purchase with tree that they have had was in 1999 that was 100 feet tall. Wow. We won. Got to remember that for next year. Okay. I, speaking of trees, here's, I have one. Ready? The first artificial Christmas tree was made in the 19th century using the feathers of what bird? You using the feathers? I'm going to guess peacock because there's a lot of peacock things that somehow show up at Christmas. I was going to say peacock, but then I thought turkey because we just slaughtered the turkey for Thanksgiving. And now we got all efficient. These... It was so ugly. <laughs> turkey feathers. Hysterical. <laughs> oh, no, it's goose. goose. Oh, that also makes sense. Okay. Yeah. They, yeah. They slaughtered some gooses too, I think. Gooses. Gooses. Goose eyes. Right. Goosies? Isn't that the whole thing like the Christmas goose? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, this is not one of my questions, but speaking of uh, artificial trees, do you know that you can you can determine the age of an art artificial tree depending on how many layers of duct tape are around the box? Yeah. Count the rings. Count the rings count the of rings. tape. Count the rings. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, here's mine. Uh, which popular Christmas beverage is also called milk punch? I'm assuming eggnog because that's ding, ding ding. There you go. Yeah, milk punch sounds gross. So I'm glad they Point changed to that. Point I mean, to Cooper. Eggnog doesn't sound much better. No, but it's it's superior. It's better to milk than punch. milk punch. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. All right. What do you think the annual average temperature is at the North Pole? 10 degrees. Annual average. Mean. I, I, I think mean means average. I haven't done math in a while. Annual mean temperature, which I think is, is average. 
I'm going to say 24 degrees. It is. I I need to look this up. This is on countryliving.com. So someone can double check this. It says it's 40 degrees below zero. The average, because it's so much colder when it's, you know, North Pole when it's colder. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. There's a, there's a guy who's on social media, who's a researcher down on the South Pole. And he posts all kinds of amazing videos because it's summer down there. So he can like walk out for a few minutes and not die. Um, it's just absolutely amazing. He he does a one where he walks around the earth world. He's like, I'm going to walk around the world because he's on the southernmost point <laughs> and he just walks around the pole. Um, that's where all timelines come together. Anyways, it's cold. That's cold. That's like, can you live in? Anyway. Okay. In the 1964 classic, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, what was the name of Rudolph's faithful elf companion? Yeah, I don't... uh, Bonus points if you know what occupation he wanted to be. Dentist. Oh, he wanted to be a dentist? Yeah. That was his name, because we did this last year. That's the only reason I know this. This was not part of my childhood canon. (gasps) What? I know. I don't know how I missed it. Talk about that, too. (laughs) Like but I, know he's but a dentist, I, but I can't remember his name. Or he wants to be because that's how he get they get out of it with the 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 monster. Right? I'm a dentist. Right. Her, his name's Hermie. Hermie. Hermie that's and the right. dentist. Yep. I had a great Hermie last year in Rudolph. Yep. This one might be easy, especially for Jen. Okay. How many ghosts show up in a Christmas Carol? The trick question. It is a trick question four that's right that's right yep makes me think of uh the how many people were on the ark people are like three four eight. Oh, i've got two really good ones go melissa i'm so excited okay okay this is a what famous christian reformer is credited this is hysterical with being the first person to put lights on a christmas tree that's so good. I mean, Christian reformer? Yes. Yes. I mean, Martin Luther? He's German too? Melissa. Nope, that's wrong. I'm, no, I'm letting you both. I feel like Calvin is too much of a curmudgeon to to, to be Calvin. Um, I would love sounds to like John a guy Wesley, but he would. was also a curmudgeon. But I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go John Wesley. It was Martin Luther. Oh, isn't that great? I don't know, man. That was good. That was a good question. Okay. All right. Okay. I got one. I got one. Okay. So there is a Christmas carol that has been played in space. What Christmas carol was played during NASA's Gemini Gemini 6A space flight? Silent Night. God rest you, married gentlemen. I don't know. Yeah. Jingle bells. Jingle. That's Jingle not a bells. That's a. Is that a Jingle Christmas song? It's a Christmas song. Astronauts. See? Astronauts played it on harmonica, backed by miniature sleigh bells, and those instruments are now on display at the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum. So. Hey, bell choir! Look at that. <laughs> okay, here I got another space. Christmas tree. Okay, ready. What environmentalist U.S. president banned 
Christmas trees at the White House? Oh, that was, um, that was, uh, oh, um, uh, Gerald Ford, right? Nope. Oop. I mean, which, which president was an environmentalist? Uh, Jimmy Carter? Is the same one that put solar panels on the, yeah, the Jimmy Carter White House, put solar panels on the, on the White House. Wasn't Jimmy Carter. It wasn't George uh, Washington because the White House wasn't built yet. Right, Come right. on, environmentalists. Oh, Ted, Teddy Roosevelt? There you go. Oh, earlier, earlier. Yeah. Different environmentalist. I was thinking differently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Preservationist, right? Yeah. All right, in, in Home Alone, great Christmas movie, uh, where are the McAllisters going on vacation when they leave Kevin behind? Paris. Yeah. Easy one. Come on now. All right. One more, Melissa. Uh, what was the original name of The Night Before Christmas? A Visit from St. Nicholas or Santa Claus. Correct. Oh, yeah, yeah. He first wrote the poem and read it to his children on Christmas Eve, and a friend was who was visiting was so impressed that she sent it to a newspaper who published it the next year in 1823. Okay. Let's play What's Your Favorite? Okay. Let's tell a little bit about ourselves. What's your favorite Christmas carol? Carol, not song. Oh my gosh. Uh, go Tell It on the Mountain. I just love Go Tell It on the Mountain. And I think it's one we don't use often enough. And Go Tell It on the Mountain uh, implies incarnational atonement also to go back to our last Christmas Eve. Very one. Last week. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good callback. Extra points for callback. Mm -hmm. Um, I could be controversial and say uh, my favorite things. <laughs> the sound of music. A lot of debate right now. A lot of debate right now. Is it a Christmas song? Isn't it? A Christmas carol. I said carol. Oh. <laughs> I I guess since we work for a church, she wants us to talk about the church songs. But the church thing in there. <laughs> so I guess um. I guess because of the context where we sing it in Silent Night um, is really powerful, but um, Oh Holy Night, again, I lean towards Holy Night because of the conversation we had last week about incarnation. Um, yeah. That was three. So I'll stick, I'll, I'll stick with that theme and love came down at Christmas. Hmm. Love all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas. Star and angel gave the sign. Yep. Yep. Okay. So then what is your favorite Christmas gift memory? I think I've told this one before, but I'll tell it again because if you haven't been with us in the last couple of years my favorite was christmas morning as a kid um i got up and was so excited because when i walked into the living room there was a big red um like uh, uh looked like a big red bag in the middle of the in front of the christmas tree and i thought santa had accidentally left his whole bag of presents in the living room and I thought I'd hit the jackpot as a child I was just like you've never seen a child's face light up quite this much um and it turned out my that that Santa had brought me 
uh, instead a big red beanbag chair, um, which was great, which was a wonderful, wonderful gift. All of the um, toys in the world. But was it didn't quite hold up to the uh, the uh, other perception that I thought I had. Have I not told this story before? I do I not so. remember this story. I think I it may have almost made it into like eight sermons or or it has made it somewhere. But yeah, so that that's a, that's a classic. Do, do your parents know this story? Oh, yes. Oh, they tell it. They tell oh, it. That's, that's yeah. really they were that's like, well, funny. Didn't expect you to be that disappointed on Christmas morning. <laughs> that's that's really funny that's that's good dad do you have one um we have a tradition growing up and with the the white envelope gift that's in the in the tree and it's um it's usually something that's unbelievably poignant that a gift that's been given in our name to something um and i just remember i don't remember the specifics but i just remember just you know the the room is destroyed there's wrapping paper everywhere and then everything stops and one of us kids pulls out that envelope and opens it up and everyone's crying at the end of it because of something that that um was donated or we're gonna go do um that's poignant and powerful and like um that's just that I, not a lot of specifics because it's a you know 10 Christmases all pushed in together, but um, it's always a great reminder of, you know, what it's all about, but, you know, um, so that's always powerful for us. Mine, I, I feel like I shouldn't answer after that. That was a really good, that was a really good story. Yeah, my, and then we my, my Barbie edit it out. summer ski chalet is just not the same kind of answer. Hey. It sounds great. So, I was say, we we had white envelopes on the tree every year and they were always savings bonds, which I am still sitting on some of those that are still maturing 30 years later. So Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. I don't think I don't know if you get savings bonds anymore, but I don't I was gonna say, I don't think we we've got people listening who have no idea what that is. No clue. No clue. But that was what is it was I always knew the white envelopes on the tree were savings bonds. So so what's your favorite moment on Christmas Eve? We've answered this before, but I want to answer it again. Yeah. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, the whole preve, all of it. Yeah, mine, um, I'll go ahead and go because I, I think I have the 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 least tradition around some of this. Um, because growing up an only child, there wasn't as much like requirement of of structure. And so it was different every year. Um, and, and when I was growing up, I, I, we, we shifted where we went and where we did things just because as I got older, I wasn't waking up early. Nobody else wanted to wake up early. So we would start, you know, um, opening presents on Christmas Eve rather than Christmas morning. And, um, so, so I, I think that it was, it was just always a little bit different and there was something nice about being a small family and we could just kind of do what felt right in in the year um and and so that has been really nice um now that i'm married into a slightly larger family my husband is still an only child but there are there are actually cousins in that family and um others there's a lot more um tradition around things and um it, it sounds really silly but one of the things we did before um, will's grandmother died is christmas eve dinner was always red lobster and <laughs> it was it, that's where she wanted to go yep. uh, 
and and grandma so there's something fun and 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 my 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 in-laws and that family was also always very intentional when we would be at Red Lobster on Christmas Eve to tip the staff really well who were there to be as generous and kind and loving to the people who were serving us. Um, and so that, that, even though it was only maybe, you know, five or six years, cause she, she's gone now. And so everything is a little bit different there too, um, that we would be home for that. There was just something really special about Red Lobster on Christmas Eve with, um, with the Coopers. So so um, I think of two uh, when um, when my sisters and I were right getting into college, maybe my little sister was still in high school. Our parents stopped giving gifts and we started going on mystery trips. Um, you know, we had to finish Christmas Eve. My dad was a pastor. Um, and then next morning we opened a gift that was a clue to where we were going. And, you know, the, the best one was it was there was a box filled with Mardi Gras beads. And that more, that afternoon we flew to New Orleans for a week, you know? Um, and so we've continued that two years ago. We told our kids at Christmas, this is the last year we're giving you gifts. Um, so last year was the first mystery trip and this year is the next mystery trip. And so that's because we want to make memories together. Um, not things again, my, my greatest memory is, is the white envelope, how we were giving, you know, so, so um, that's a cool thing. And then the other one that I love, is shifting. This is the first year without my grandmother. And we always would gather together from all, you know, we're all pastors. So the day after uh, Christmas day, the day after Christmas morning, uh, Christmas Eve um, for a really nice lunch together. And this is the first year without her, but we're continuing it. Um, and then we all go back to the house and one of the kids starts, you know, Leighton or Lily starts playing the piano and we sing Christmas carols and and my mom still has our stockings. They're mine. Mine is shredded because it's forty six years old. Um, so um, those are traditions that we're keeping alive that are great. For for me, it was actually you know I I people know like we used to sing Christmas Eve service my whole family as the Von Trapp singers, <laughs> but it, it was actually when it was just me and my mom and dad, um and and the other kids had moved out of the house. Um, my dad, um, and then my dad and my mom would finish Christmas Eve service, and it would be like, I I. I don't think maybe we had 11 o'clock, but it was late. It was late. And we would pack in the car and we would drive to wherever Annette was, my sister was. So we'd either drive to Orlando right here and we'd go to Jad's house to Banyan <laughs> Boulevard um, because they had, you know, little, little one, Kyle, my niece, my nephews were um, being born, or we would get in and we'd drive all the way to Tallahassee. Mm. And, but, but I remember being you know, when we drive to Orlando, um, getting, I'd sleep in the back of the car and we'd get, we'd get to, uh, off the turnpike and drive down a Popka Vineland, which was not the way it is now. It was curvy and windy and dark and, and, and pull up. And so it's kind of cool now to, to go and visit and leave. I, my kids are not going to be with us to the old, two older ones are going to be with their um, significant others, families. And I, I told, I told Sam, I was like, I mean, we could get in the car after Christmas Eve and just go to see someone because I remember that. And it's weird to be now 
our home is in the same place that I used to travel to as a kid. Just that whole like circle thing. It's really, really, really cool. So yeah, it's neat. Yeah. And we're trying to figure out what, what does it look like to do Christmas? You know, what are our new traditions going to be? So it'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. So, so next week, Christmas is gone. We hope you have a wonderful Christmas. We hope you've, if you've listened to this, you've had an amazing season. We're going to be moving into 2024 with one theme on purpose. We want everything we do in 2024 as a church, as disciples, and for you in your individual life to be very, very purposeful and intentional. And we want our ministry to be on purpose. We want our vision to be on purpose and we want to grow on purpose. And so the very beginning of the year, we are going to be resetting our purpose around our baptismal vows and around covenant service. Some of those very traditional to St. Luke's culture kind of things. Um, and so we hope that you're a part of it and we're going to be doing um, a podcast. We'll kind of take a couple breaks, a couple weeks off, and then Jad's going to come back and be our lecture, um, lecturer for our podcast um, as we seek to be in purpose. And we hope that you move into the new year, really setting purposeful kind of uh, not necessarily goals, but uh, purposeful resolutions for how you will be um, very intentional about your discipleship, but also your ministry with us at St. Luke's. And we hope you have an amazing Christmas and a wonderful new year. Love to you all. Bye.